welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Hello, Thriver, and welcome to another episode of Real People, Real Talk. Today, we are giving you million-dollar life lessons, five of them to be exact. We're talking about success, mindset, and taking control of your finances, all while keeping God first. So stay tuned. So before we get started, let me read a listener review. I appreciate every one of you guys that have left a review. But GVD2 said this, Paul is able to articulate practical ways on how to get the absolute best from your life. You need to subscribe. I appreciate that review, GVD2. And if you like what you hear today, would you consider leaving a rating and a review? I would love to hear from you and read your review on air as well and shout you out. But now let's talk. Our guest today was born right here in Houston, Texas. And check this out. He's a serial entrepreneur, author, speaker, community investor, and youth advocate that's passionate about innovation, empowerment, and diversity. And he holds a degree in business administration as well. So I want to say welcome to the show, Sebastian J. Sanders, a.k.a. the Youth Principal. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Most definitely, man. I'm glad that you are here. And so, no cap, I binge listen and binge watch all of your Instagram Money Monday videos and was just so inspired. In fact, this podcast is based on those nuggets of wisdom that you shared in those videos. And so I know that you're going to be sharing some advice, but I want to hear from you. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? You know, I think my best advice is uh, believe in yourself. Um, and, I, and I think you hear that so much that it becomes a little, I guess you could say, corny at times when people tell you that. But in reality, man, anything that I, I've ever done, anything that I aspire to do, if I don't have that belief in myself or if you don't have that belief in yourself, it's going to be hard to get anything off the ground. No matter how much I pray, no how, um, how much money I invest, no matter how many resources I have, if you necessarily don't believe in self, you know, it's going to be hard to navigate through life and achieve your own success. And that's not just in business, but believing in yourself and your relationship um, in school and finances, you have to believe in self. Because when it's all said and done and, and, the, and the lights go off, you know, all you have is you. And if you don't have any belief in self, how do you expect the people out there to believe in you? Bro, hitting the ground running. So we go get it right into these million dollar life lessons. Number one, you got to define success for yourself. So, Sebastian, like, how does one go about defining success for themselves? Like, what steps do they need to take? So talk to the people. Yeah, you know, I think defining success is a, a search, um, you know, in life that you have to find self. Um, and, and my biggest thing was, you know, growing up as an African-American male, you know, our community pretty much defines your success as being a rapper or an athlete. And so you grow up trying to live up to those means and live that 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 lifestyle. And in reality, you're so lost with the self um, that you haven't personally defined your own success. And I think a lot of times we confuse success with money and fame. If a person has a whole bunch of, you know, fame or a whole bunch of money, you automatically deem that person to be successful. And we have to realize, you know, everybody's not meant. To, to live and become a billionaire, a millionaire. That's just life. You know, we can't always think that every every person that, that comes across successful is going to be a millionaire, a billionaire. You may have some people who are six figures up and doing a really good job and, and living their life and take care of their family. And so they have personally defined their own success. And I think as we we go through this journey of life, you have to really figure out self. And for me, you know, I used to think my success was going to be off the money and the fame. So if I get a nice house, nice car, I'm automatically successful. Uh, But I didn't realize that, you know, God prematurely defined my success on how many people that I can inspire and change the world. And so I always tell people, man, I can make 10,000 a day, 20,000 tomorrow. 
But on Wednesday of this week, if I go and speak to a group of 50 kids and three of those kids come out saying, I'm going to go to this school, I'm going to go get this job, I'm about to get the scholarship. That means more to me than the amount of money I have, how many followers I have of anything. You know, I personally define my own success on changing the world and inspiring people. And so, you know, that's something that I want to do for the rest of my life. And I encourage people to find your success, because if you're looking for success um, through Instagram, through the next person's life or, or through their story, you're never going to be fulfilled. And at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, you know, I can sit back and say, I'm proud of me. Um, and I know I haven't really hit those pen reach those pinnacles that I, um, I plan to hit yet, but I know my time is coming, which is to say that I'm walking in my own success, man. That means more to me than anything. Changing the world and inspiring people. I love that definition of success with me being a pastor and just thinking spiritually and philosophically at the, at the lowest level, I just want to be faithful and obedient to God and then that success. And of course, we'll add on the other stuff and the accolades. But at the end of the day, if I'm being faithful to God, I'm being obedient. They equal success. And also, I just want to be a world changer and a history maker. And so it's very similar to yours, man. Change the world, inspiring people. I love that so much. And the second life lesson is I love how you say it. Pay attention to your mental. And so, Sebastian, can you just speak to the importance of um, of mindset as it relates to success? Yeah. You know, in today's world, it's extremely important. You know, your mindset has to be there before the success. So before I, I can even go out and get my success, my mind has to be there. And one of the things, you know, that I noticed when I first started my journey on being an entrepreneur um, and everything and myself being 23. So I have a long way to go. But, you know, to be on that 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 track and, and that, that path, you know, to success and to the mental health has been important to me. And so I think the biggest thing in today's world with social media being so powerful, it's easy for you to compare yourself to the next person. It's easy for you to take joy out of what you really love doing and, and truly who you are because you're trying to live up to X, Y, and Z that you may see. So it's important, you know, that that the mental has to be there before anything. You have to love self. And I think a lot of times we spend so much time trying to get validated by others. And also we spend so much time trying to feel loved by others. We don't even love ourselves. And so I think it's important, especially for young people. You know, I think you have to love self before you can do anything in the world. You know, as a, as a young man, as a young woman, you have to figure out what makes me happy whether that's taking some time away for yourself, going shopping, going eating alone, going doing things alone, figure out what makes self happy before you can, you know, take care of somebody else. You know, my grandmother always told me, she said, you can't take care of anybody else if you can't take care of yourself. So she said, you got to take some time away to, to just to love on self before you can go and love on the next person. And so I didn't, I didn't truly understand that when she told me that until I got, you know, to the age I am today and living in today's world and, and, and doing the things that I do, being so involved in business. Sometimes you get overwhelmed. Sometimes the mental becomes a lot. Sometimes you're just tired. I take some time to myself, whether that's going to get a haircut, going shopping, um, going to the spa, you know, just, just doing something that just separating myself from everybody else while I separate myself from the noise and I just, you know, take care of my mental. And I think we have gotten away from that um, because we're, we're stuck on going, 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 going. And truly it's, it's going to be hard to put out some, some, some good energy into the world. If you're not feeding your body um, the right energy, it's like working out, you know, you, you want to look a certain way, but if you're not feeding yourself the positives and the stuff that you're supposed to have, all you're going to get out is the negatives. And so it, it's never going to equate to what you want it to. So you have to take care of the mental. Big facts. Hope I hope you heard that it said mindset before success. And even mentioned without saying the word, but mentioned your self-care and just taking care of yourself. I like when you said a haircut. Nothing makes my day feel better than a fresh cut. Facts. Yes, sir. Man, <laughs> the only thing that after I get a fresh cut is when I got to put my mask on because I want people to see the lineup in the beard. But anyway, um you was talking about like loving yourself. I know a lot of times in Christian circles, we think that loving yourself or self-care is selfish, but that's not the case. So when Jesus gave us the great commandments, he said, you got to love God, 
then you also have to love your neighbor as yourself. A lot of times we we we, we go straight to I right, love God, love our neighbors. And we forget about loving ourselves, And so, yeah. of course, we shouldn't be in love with ourselves. There's a healthy way to do that. In so many words, you can't pour from an empty cup. You have to take, you got to take good care of yourself. And so what does it look like? Let's say a person, they want to be successful and they want to have the right mindset. Like what's something they can do to, to develop the right mindset? You know, I think the biggest thing with the mindset is, you know, figuring out your, your purpose, Right. And then it's like, you know, purpose before the person, like Pastor Todd said in the book, purpose before the person. If anything, you have to have a purpose before you do anything in life. And so I think the biggest thing is figuring out what makes you truly happy. You know, um, going out and doing different things for me. You know, I didn't know how happy I was doing the stuff I did until I actually started doing it. Um, You wouldn't have thought like four to five years ago, I would be doing the stuff that I I was doing now because I, at that time, it truly, it wasn't my thing. It didn't make me happy. Um, but when I got into this world and I got into the business world and became the person that I am, I started to realize when I'm doing this, I'm the most happiest and all my problems go away. And so that's when I realized this is my, my purpose because I can do this for the rest of my life for free. And so I always tell people, figure, figure that out. And whenever you find it, you, you, you go so hard in it until you, until you can't anymore, you pour everything into it and you, and you truly figure the things out because you know, you'll find yourself, you know, on this journey, trying to figure out things to get the mental right and, and get the success right. But you don't have a purpose in what you're doing. You may be working somewhere for 20 to 30 years or doing something, but you truly have a passion for something else. And I think you have to pour into that. You have to invest back into that. And so, you know, I always tell people, you know, go out and figure out your purpose. You know, some of us, we may figure it out at 20. Some of us may figure it out at 30, then 40, and then so on. There's nothing wrong with that. You're never too old to do something. You're never too young to do something. But don't waste your time. Because a lot of the time in life is the most talent that we have is always going to be hidden in the graveyard somewhere. Um, and when I say that, you know, people look at me like something's wrong with me. I'm like, no cap. That's the truth. You have people who have lived an amazing life, but they had a, a, a talent inside of them that they died with. You know, they didn't have the confidence in themselves. They didn't invest into themselves. They didn't invest into the mental. They didn't figure out their purpose. And so they died with that, that, that talent that was inside of them. And just imagine what if that talent could have changed your life? That could have changed your family's life. That could have produced, um, produced gener- generational wealth and success. And so you have to think of life in that mindset. If I got something inside of me, I got to get this out into the world. So once you make that, you know, that, that change in your life, you know, um, it, it changes for the better, whether that's externally or internally. Yeah. Man, what you said about the graveyard reminds me of something um, that Les Brown once said. I was listening to one of his motivational talks, and he asked the question, like, what's the richest place on earth? And people started talking about, well, it's the oil fields in the Middle East, or it's what the diamonds are in Africa. And Les was like, nah, fam, that ain't it. And he was like, it's the graveyard. And exactly what Sebastian said, because there in the graveyard, there's songs that haven't been written. There's um, books that haven't been written, businesses that were never started, and they're bringing up to our day podcasts and YouTube channels that ha- has not been started. And so I like what you say. I want to die on empty. I want to get to heaven. God was like, man, you use everything that I gave you. And so we need to find our purpose and find our purpose is answering God's call in our life. It starts and ends with God. Like if I want to know all that there is to know about Tesla, I'm not going to ask my mom and my dad. I love them. I'm not going to ask my wife. I love her. If I had the access, I would talk to Elon Musk because he's the one that created it. So you find your purpose by talking to the create to the creator. So if you're out there and you listen to what Sebastian said and you want to be successful and you want to find your purpose, I want to say as a pastor, hey, that starts with knowing God, your creator, and he'll tell you what your purpose is. Because when you're walking in purpose, there's a level of peace and joy that money can't buy. Like I am the most fulfilled when I'm preaching and podcasting, you know, outside, you know, relationships with family and stuff like that. But I am most fulfilled and happy when I'm preaching and podcasting and inspiring others. So find your purpose. 
And life lesson number three, man, stay in your chapter. And before you break that down, as we're talking about chapter, could you tell us a little bit about your book, The Art of Giving? Yes, sir. Um, so the art of giving one nonprofit can change the world. Um, I released this uh, last year on my birthday, April 3rd of 2020. And it was a uh, it was a lifelong project that I always wanted to do. You know, I've been in books since I was a kid. Um, as I got older, got into high school and then college, thought I was too cool, thought I was too fly to actually read a book. Um, but, you know, I, I got back into my roots. And, you know, one night I was like, man, I want to write a book. I'm At this time, I'm 20, 2021. I can't remember. But I was like, man, I haven't lived enough life yet to write a self book. I was like, I'm not there yet. So what can I write about? And so like years passed, two years passed, I'm getting ready to graduate from UTSA. My last speaking engagement in San Antonio, Texas, I was visiting um, Judson Early College Academy. So I was visiting the ninth grade class. And at this school, your ninth grade teacher stays with you all the way until your senior year. Um, and so I was speaking to her, her new incoming class, but her seniors was coming in, you know, saying hey to her and whatnot. And she said, hey, it's a young man I want you to uh, meet. So I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I'll wrap up this session right before we go to the next one and we can meet. Um, then we started sitting down and talking. He was saying, hey, I want to do organization before I go off to college. And we, I was sitting down giving him the game, showing how, how to build a nonprofit organization. He had to leave and I had to leave. But from that day, I realized, you know, our kids really want to create change. They really want to do some powerful things. They just need the resources, yet alone they need the platform yeah. um, to learn from. And so when I first started my nonprofit um, world, I was 20. It was in 2017. I was 19, 20 at the time. I didn't know anything. Everybody in the game was a lot older than me. And a lot of them probably didn't really want to give me the game. So I did everything on my own. I researched. Um, I met some great people along my way. But a lot of the work came from me just doing it within. And so I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? Everything I do is based on giving. Um, and, 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 and you have to learn how to give, whether that's intentionally, uh, where everything you do, we give, whether that's time, money, finances, we give in, in, in each and every day, in each and every way. And so I realized, you know, I want to be able to build, not just off the nonprofit, but build off that giving platform. Um, and I want to be able to teach the next generation and also teach anybody and everybody across the world is how to start your own nonprofit organization how to actually create that change. And so, you know, the art of giving one nonprofit uh, can change the world. I started writing this in uh, 2019, graduated from college, moved to Oklahoma City, um, finished writing the book, published the last year. Um, and it's been an, a, an amazing journey to just to see the book come out. You know, we, we hit it right in during COVID. So it was a it was a different switch. You had to switch the whole, you know, the, the way you rolled it out. But it was great. You know, in six months, we, uh you know, achieved the sales and achieved the bestseller on Amazon. And it's still continuing to grow. And um, I just finalize the, the next part of the series. So Art of Giving is going to be a series. I want to talk about, you know, three different things in my life that, that influences me. So the first part was the nonprofit. Um, the next one is about one man can change the world. Um, seeing a life through a, a black man's perspective. And um, I will begin writing that hopefully this fall and we'll be ready to launch next year in uh, 2022. Yeah. Age 23, entrepreneur, author. Um, and I just want to say, man, congrats on your success thus far. Yes, sir. Thank you. Cause you like you have accomplished a lot, but you're very humble. And I just would say from from one brother to another, proud of you for making the most of your time. And so to those that listen, yo, I'm going to leave the link in my show notes where you can purchase his book and, and learn about the art of giving. So speaking of chapter, as we're on number three, stay in your chapter. What does it mean to stay in your chapter? Educate us, bro. Yeah. You know, it's like staying in your lane, you know, um, in life. Our life is like a book, right? We, we're in different chapters. So, you know, if you're 13 years old, you're in your chapter 13, you're 14, chapter 14. And so we live our life and we go through these different chapters each and every year, you know, but we often see others, you know, in their own book, in their own chapter. And one of the things that I've noticed a lot in today's world is I'm doing my own thing. I'm thriving in my own chapter. My, my neighbor down the street may be doing, you know, much more than me at that time. 
But that just means that their time is, has, has came a lot faster than mine. It doesn't mean that I'm never going to reach my success, but their calling was, was a little faster than mine. Often, you, you may find a lot of people, they get very discouraged in their own chapter, and they try to go and jump in the next person's chapter. So let's say your neighbor down the street has had success doing something you think you can go do. You, you think you can go do it, and then you fail, and then you start to automatically compare yourself to that person, and you automatically feel like a failure because you didn't get to the levels that they got. You don't know what it took to get that person there. But you also don't know their story and, and what God has planned for them. So you have to stay in your own lane, stay in your own chapter. I can't leave my book and close my book because I see my person down the street has achieved something that I feel like that I can do. When in reality, that's not my purpose. I'm only doing it because I see you doing it. And I see you having your success. I don't really have the passion for it, but I just want to be comparing myself or being in a room with others, not necessarily knowing that. That person may be looking up to you in, in some type of light as well. And so you got to stay in your own lane, own lane and you got to stay in your own chapter. It doesn't make sense for me to be going through my chapter book, close my book, everything that I got going on right now. And I close this and I ain't everything that I'm doing to go and do something that the next person is doing because I'm never going to be able to do it like them. And it goes both ways. You know, the next person looking at you, they may want to close their own chapter and close their own book and do what you're doing, but they can't do the things that you do. And so, you know, one of the things in life I always tell people is you got to stay in your own lane and stay in your own chapter because at the end of the day, we all have a specific talent we all have a specific niche thrive off your niche the money's always going to be there but if you can dominate your passion and dominate your niche and be the best that you can be man you, it will take you to newer heights and i always tell people in business people are going to brand you as something they're going to brand you with something that, that you're known for right so for me you know i always told myself i wanted to be all these different things but at the end of the day my foundation is on giving and nonprofit. so i, I can go and be a, a rapper tomorrow and be a successful rapper but at the end of the day people are always going to know me for the nonprofit stuff that i've done you have to figure that out for your life as well. What are you going to brand yourself as? Somebody has to label you as something. And so you have to figure that out for yourself. And you got to stay in your lane and stay in your chapter. You know, I think of it like this. I'm driving, but I keep looking and it was behind me. Eventually, I'm going to crash into what's in front of me. And, and that's the same thing in your book. You, you, you're you writing your book, but you keep going backwards and trying to figure things out. It's not going to make sense to the reader. It's not going to make sense to the audience. So you have to stay in your own lane, stay in your own chapter and just be you. Um, but I think, you know, we, we, we've gotten so wrapped around social media where we feel like I need to go be like them down the street because that's what they got. A lot of things are clap, a cap. A lot of things are um, are, are really finessed. So you got to be you got to be, be mindful of what's real and what's fake. And just stay true to yourself. At the end of the day, being you is what's going to get you through the next door and, and the door after that. My boy Sebastian is bringing the heat, just dropping nuggets of wisdom so practical that you can really apply in your everyday life. You're exactly right with comparison, man. Comparison, it's a waste of time. And to the listener, I just want to encourage you, don't miss out on God's best for you because you're looking at everybody else's success. So stay in your chapter for example it's easy for me as a podcaster to look at celebrity podcasts and see that i get a million reviews and i don't and get discouraged that's a waste of time me looking at somebody else and getting discouraged like god's yep. will for my life is god's will for my life not for insert any other podcaster so you can use it as a podcaster as an entrepreneur or even on instagram somebody got more followers than you hey just be content Stay in your chapter and allow God to work on you. Maybe you ain't ready for that level that you're hoping for. So allow God to build the character in you. And and, and I think I'm like this, man. I always tell my, my story, you know, to tell up two millionaires. You know, you got two people who's looking to make a million. One person is going to do it the right way, build it, build the foundation and, and sustain it. That way they can be a millionaire for the rest of their life and they have generational wealth and success. The second person is going to take every shortcut that they can to get to that, that million. Then when they get there, they don't know what to do with it. They lose it within a year. Who do you want to be? And I think a lot of people, we try to get the things super fast 
and then we it, we lose it and then you like what happened i mean you didn't you didn't take the necessary time to grow um you got to think of it like this you know we're all we're all a cocoon we're all a, that butterfly in that cocoon waiting to blossom your time hasn't came yet and so if you if you rush it you're never going to be able to get to what god truly wanted you to get to because you've rushed it to get there and i always told myself you know I know God has bigger plans for me. And I know I probably haven't hit my prime yet. I know I'm on my way, but I don't want to, I don't want to pop too early. I don't want it to come too early when I'm not really ready for it. Because when you get that moment, I want to be ready for it. I want to have all the blessings. I want to have all the resources and I want to be able to sustain that success for the rest of my life. Not only for myself, but for my family, for my kids and my kids' kids. But I don't want to rush that process. If it takes another 10 years to get there, I'm fine with that. I'm only 23 years old. But I think a lot of people get discouraged. They want the success now and they could do, they'll do anything to get it. And once they get it, they lose and they start to look around like, what happened? What happened is you wasn't patient. Um, you didn't sustain it. So I always tell people, you know, which millionaire do you want to be? Do you want it now and forever? Or do you just want it now to get the fame and then you be you don't have it anymore next year? Do you want to rent it or do you want to own it? That's how I look Ooh, at it. And what a great reminder about being being aware of the um, instant gratification and how we always want things now with me being being 31. A lot of times in society, people feel like if you didn't pop off in your 20s, oh, you didn't miss your moment. You didn't miss yeah, your moment. Definitely. And especially as you say, Sebastian, with social media, we get to see so many people at you know young ages accomplishing great things. And we're like, all right, God, well, you know, what's up with us? And another like awesome soundbite you say, you were like thrive out off your niche because the money is there. Because the title of this episode is Million Dollar Life Lessons, number four is perfect. Take control of your finances. So, Sebastian, what's like the first step the listener can take um, so they can start taking control of their finances? Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing is uh, building a foundation. I think with finances, you have to have some type of solid foundation. There has to be a, a plan of savings. How much do I want to save? How much do I want to invest? And, you know, my, my monthly expenses, you know, my lifestyle. Um, you have to build that solid foundation. Without any foundation, it's going to be hard to have any structure or actually get to the goals that you really want to get to. Whether that's a person making millions of dollars, whether a person making twenty to $30,000 a year. You know, you'll find yourself, you can make a whole bunch of money, but if you don't have a game plan for it, where is the money going to go to? You see a lot of, you know, rappers, athletes, entertainers, a lot of people get a lot of money, then they go broke. You're like, man, you didn't have $100 million. How did you lose $100 million? It's easy. I lose $100 easily, just like the average person can. Imagine a person with $100 million is doing that if their lifestyle and they have no foundation. It's like building a house. That foundation of the house is the most important piece. If that foundation isn't right and you build the everything else, the, the, the floors, the second floor, however you want to build the house, you get all the way to the top, but the foundation is weak, it's fragile, and it's not all the way put together, it's going to all come coming down. Same thing as your finances. you got to take control of your finances. You really want to have a savings account. You want to have the checkers account. Um, for, for the stuff that you do, but also have a miscellaneous uh, account. So for me, you know, I have my, my, my primary accounts, but I also have a miscellaneous account where I send myself like $50 a, a week or whatever for my allowance for like food, gas. And, and it allows me to take away um, and just focus on that. If I'm only using this $100 for the week, I don't have to touch the money that's in my accounts. So I try to separate the stuff and, and only use it when it's much needed. And then I go back to what Dave Ramsey said, the one you have your $1,000, um, you know, emergency fund, you know, put a, put a thousand dollars away for a rainy day. But then you want to have a savings account with at least three to six months of expenses of, of you know, saved up. But then you also want to have enough money in there for investments as well. And a lot of the thing is your money is just sitting in an account. You don't want to always let it sit there. Um, buy some land. Land is, you know, is extremely cheap. If you want to get into real estate, start off by buying land. You can get an acre for maybe $2,000, $3,000, depending on where you're living at. Um, so get you some land, invest into some land. This is all building a network. You know, you never don't want to have that money just sitting in the account each and every year because at the end of the day, you're going to retire and you're not going to have any investments. It's going to be hard for you to do the things that you really want to do. So find ways to create passive income. 
And so for me, you know, I look at passive income is how many different ways that I can make money. So I have the book. The book creates royalties. You get paid off the royalties per month. Um, you have your stock investments. You have your dividend investments. Um, you have your 401k. You have your life insurance. You know, figuring out different ways to add to my income. That way, I always tell myself, I want to retire by 30. I, I don't want to work 20, 30 years. I want to be done and, 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 and done working by 30 years old. I want to grow in my career, grow and develop as a business professional, retire by the age of 30, 35, and then live my life for the rest of my life doing what I want to do. And so in order to get there, how am I building my foundation of finance? And that's something that I, I'm, I'm, I'm learning into and I'm figuring out. And each and every day, I try to just build towards that foundation until I feel like that foundation is solid enough for me to add the next step you know, to the house in, in order to get to the full top. Hashtag goals. Y'all heard it here first. Y'all have a plan for your money. You got to invest create multiple streams of income. And just to add to that, I would encourage you to go back and listen to last week's episode as we talk about securing the bag. And just on a practical level, we talked about budgeting, saving, retirement, credit, and what does it look like to honor God? And so, Sebastian, you you talked about investing, talked about real estate, and I know that you're a serial entrepreneur. You got multiple businesses and organizations that you started. Why is entrepreneurship so important to financial freedom? No, I think it's important because it, it, it's ownership. You know, one of the biggest things in, in, in our community is, as African-Americans, I think we don't necessarily have a lot of ownership. And so when you hear entrepreneur, a lot of people get discouraged. They kind of get scared. They don't know exactly what it looks like. The modern day entrepreneur is somebody that's selling something online, whether it's a T-shirt, a hat, some shoes. That's how we look at entrepreneur. you got a lot of entrepreneurs who have done a lot of different things, in a lot of different fields. But it's ownership, you know, real estate ownership, um, owning some stocks, owning your own tech company, owning your own organizations. You know, my biggest thing for me is, you know, your, your career is going to provide you with stability. It's going to provide you with growth. But it's up to you in order for you to live the lifestyle that you want to live. What are you going to do when you clock out the nine and five? For me, I feel like I'm never not working. You know, whether that's 24 hours, seven days a week, I'm always on the clock doing something, whether that's for SJS Enterprises, Sanders Hand, or for my, my professional career. There's always things that I'm doing because I'm building a financial freedom. But most importantly, I'm building that ownership. And so a friend of mine, um, they asked me, it's like, man, because we, we're about to do a business thing together. And I was like, well, I'm going to put my name on it. He's like, why do you always put your name on everything, like in the title? I said, because that's ownership. At the end of the day, I'm building the legacy. When I walk away from everything I'm doing and my kids take over, whatever, the Sanders legacy is going to be able to continue for, for ages. You know, I'm building, it's not, it's bigger than me. And, and the same thing goes down with your finances um, and your entrepreneurship and your, your career. Life is, this is always going to be bigger than you. Figure out who you're doing it for. And if you're doing it for self, then you're doing it for the wrong person. You're never going to actually hit those goals. If you're doing it for everybody that's around you and for generations to come, it, that you're, you're building an empire that nobody can take away from you. You can't take away Sanders' hand from me because that's my name, you know? Uh, but you can take away my professional career anytime. Anytime I mess up, I can get fired or laid off. Anything can happen. But you can never take away the things that I've done in my entrepreneurial world because I, I own those things. And I think that's important that we, we preach that um, not only to our kids, but to adults and everybody in our in our community because we have to take control and, and own things um one of the things that like like an example like you'll go through a neighborhood you know a low-income neighborhood heavy mi minority neighborhood a lot of the houses are ran through one of the things that we haven't done as much as african-americans when it comes down to ownership we see those homes and oh it's trash nobody wants to live there but then you have somebody from the, the next neighborhood the next community come and buy that same house and then we get mad and look at that gentrification but at the same time that house that you were mad at, that it was probably going for $18,000, real dirt cheap, but it's probably worth $100,000. Somebody else came and invested into that house, now it's theirs. They own it. And we have to get to that mindset of we can own these things. It's, it's there. You know, you got good credit. You can go and go and get the FHA loan and, and get that same house um, practically for nothing. Spend other people's money to make money. You know, it's out there to do it. But we have to educate ourselves. And I, and I think it starts within. I, I think we have to stop looking at the rappers or the athletes or the entertainers as our saviors or the people that's going to teach us. You got somebody in your community that's teaching financial literacy for free. 
but you don't give them no attention because they don't have the clout. They don't have the big fan base, but they're giving out million dollar game for free. So we got to go back to supporting the real and not the fake and actually support the people that's going to push the culture forward and, and, and show you how to actually own these things. Uh, but until then, I think we're always running to the problem of being stuck in that rat race for 30, 40 years and, and retiring with just the 401k and just being satisfied with that. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's more to life than that. So much wisdom in one question. The name of the game is ownership. And one thing that Sebastian said that I just want to reiterate, the question of the hour, what are you going to do when you clock out from your nine to five? You got to marinate on that. So therefore, you can create multiple streams of income. And just to recap, $5 million life lessons. Number one, it was that you have to define success for yourself. Number two, you got to pay attention to your mental because mindset matters. Number three, you have to stay in your chapter, stay in your lane. Comparison kills. Number four, we just talked about take control of your finances. If you don't, who will? And lastly, number five, keep God first. The Bible tells us in Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things should be added unto us. All right. So as I'm seeking after God and putting him first, he's going to add the things that I need. And I just got to trust the process and trust his timing that we've been talking about as well. So keeping God first. And I, let me ask it like this. As we begin to put into place all of these million dollar life lessons and strive for success, what does it look like to keep God first along the way? You know, I think keeping God first is just, you know, dedicating everything that you do back to God, having faith, but realizing that there, there's a, um, a bigger power out there that that's pushing it and pulling for you. And you just got to believe. And, and everything that I do, I try to keep God first. You know, as I got a little older, I started to understand a lot about faith and I, I decided to get closer to my faith walk. And I'm still on that journey. But it was one of the best decisions I made. You know, me moving to Oklahoma City, um, coming from Texas, coming from Houston, I left friends and family. So, you know, you practically have to start over. But I didn't realize that I necessarily wasn't alone. God was with me the whole time. And so those times where, you know, you felt alone, you felt like nobody else was there. God was right there with me the whole time. And once his voice became louder, everything else started to make sense of life. The purpose really started to make sense. I stopped worrying about when the success is going to come. I stopped worrying about the financial stuff because I, I, I practically, you know, said, oh, the millions is there. Is our, God already has it played. He already wrote that check a long time ago. I just have to achieve that. Once I put everything into God's hand and I realized that if I just dedicate everything I do to him and dedicate, you know, everything that I do back to God, it's always going to be there. And so I think it's important that you just find that, you know, some of us may not have that faith, but go out and find that and go out there and seek him because he's going to be there. You know, there's been times where, you know, you really wanted to give up. You think you thought things were going to go one way and it went another. You really want to quit. But at the same time, there's something that's just, just keep put, getting you up every day. There's that something that's, that's getting you up every day and keeping you going. And that's nothing but God. And so I, I think you have to find that and you have to find that inner peace for me. You know, I pray, you know, I mean, I mean, I pray almost every day, but when it's, when I'm down and out, I go and write in my journal. And so I got a little black book. I've been writing this journal since like 2018 and I go back and, you know, reflect back on it. And some of that stuff that I wrote about it, I actually manifested it into my life and some of the things. And I realized this is me actually talking to God. And sometimes when I'm in a car, if I'm like listening to music, turn it off, just talk to God about something, something that's on my mind. I talk to God about it. If I'm in the shower, one of the things that I do, I'm really big into interviews. I love doing interviews. I love doing podcasts. One of my things is I always wanted to do like a breakfast club interview and I, and I, and I know I will in God's name. So if I'm in the shower and I don't like listening to music, I practice my interview. Um, and it's like, I'm talking to God, but I'm actually practicing my interview. And some of that, that that's a big relief for me because I'm able to get off a lot of things off my chest 
and you know just having that that, that communication with them and, and and it's been amazing these last two years getting closer to god you're not planning on getting baptized sometime soon um, hopefully when the world opens back up but you know you know just putting him first and realizing that you know this is all a part of god's plan and uh, i never forget my barber told me he said man uh many are many are called but few are chosen a lot of us are called to do something but a few of us are actually chosen to walk that path he told me he said you know you you were you were chosen to walk that path and you continue to walk that um he said never get away from it because you have a you have a plan god has a plan for you you know you're doing ministry you're not may not be preaching but you're doing ministry in some form or some fashion and from that day i realized like wow what i'm doing is is bigger than me it, the voice is bigger than me um and if i'm going to be the voice of the generation the voice of the youth then i have to continue to walk on that path that god wants me to walk on um and sometimes we may not understand it you know i think when we walk on that path sometimes He's like, man, God, I don't, you know, I don't understand why you got me doing this. Like, I didn't understand why I had to move to Oklahoma City. <laughs> you know, I'm coming from Houston, Texas. You don't want it. That's the that's bad news. You, you don't want to hear that. But two years later, I'm sitting back and reflecting on it. That's one of the best decisions that, you know, that I made in my life because God separated me to elevate. He said, you know what? I'm going to put you over here, not too far away from home. I'm going to give you everything that you need to be successful, to live the life that you want to live. But I have to separate you for a certain time because I need you to understand your purpose. I need you to get here. And I need you to focus on something so you can understand. And when it's time for you to go back home and go wherever you want to go, you will be ready. But I'm going to separate you. And then I didn't understand that at first. And then probably until like six months ago, I realized like it was all a part of the plan. I had to come here in order to, 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 to achieve what I wanted. This is a part of my chapter. Me and my chapter 21, I'm sorry, my chapter 22 and chapter 23, I needed to come here. And um, with that being said, man, I, anything that I do, you know, I just, I just plan to put God first. And, you know, I never wanted, I never preach God onto people too, too much, but I always tell younger people, I say, you go out and find it. Um, you know, you try to go talk to him and, and, and see if he talks back to you and he will, but you just may not know how, you know, my granny always told me he talked, God t- talks to you through people. Um, and so I realized, I think he talks to me through my barber, <laughs> through all my barbers I've had in my life, man. For some reason, when I sit down with my barbers, we, we don't just get the normal haircut. It's a haircut. It's a preaching. It's a sermon. We sitting there talking about a lot of different things. And so I was, and I was like, man, why? And every time I go and speak to him, he would talk to me about something that's going on in my life. And we don't talk until it's time to get my haircut. And so I told my granny, I said, I don't understand why he just talks to me about stuff that's going on without him even knowing. She's like, that's nothing but God talking through you. And I was like, wow, you know, that that's that's crazy. And then, you know, me and him still keep in contact to this day. He's in San Antonio. I moved to Oklahoma City, found me a new barber. Me and him do the same exact thing. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. So I feel like, you know, God speaks to me through my barbers and, you know, my, my self-healing, I suppose. And, you know, that that's just how kind of the, the path that I live on. Sebastian, man, first thing I want to respond to, congrats on the decision to be baptized um, in the future. That's awesome, man. I'm the young adult pastor at my at my church here in Houston, and also one of my responsibilities is like baptism, so that that means a lot. And speaking of barber, shout out to my barber Jay Cuddy if you're listening, man, because he gave me the freshest cuts, and we be having them life talks. And yeah. another thing, I hope y'all caught that Sebastian dropped another uh, million dollar life lesson: separate to elevate. Yeah, real quick sermonette. Um, it was when Jacob in the book of Genesis, when Jacob was left alone, that's where he met God. And sometimes when you're in a season where you don't have a lot of people around you, maybe that's a season where it just need to be you and God and where God can show you your purpose. He can show you his call in your life and you really get to know him. So sometimes you got to separate to elevate, man. So I'm so glad that as I was looking at your videos and what you do, how you you give God the glory, you point back to Christ. And and that's how we keep God first, man. We 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 point others to Christ. And don't neglect our time in the word in the Bible Don't neglect our time in prayer as you talked about And then connecting to the local church where we have Community and we can grow and we can Learn and so those are the five Life lessons those are the five Millionaire life lessons But bonus question for you I know the title of this episode Is million dollar life lessons But 
what is your billion dollar advice? Ah, man, good question. Billion dollar advice that I always tell people, you know, don't look for change, be the change. You know, I think we always looking, you know, for somebody else to do something, um, but not really realizing the power is within. You have the power to create that change. And I always tell people, you know, don't don't wait for the next person to come out with that invention that you've been complaining about. You go out and do it. And you, the, the funds may not always be there. The resources may not be there, but you can say I did it and I started it. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. You know, when I first started my nonprofit, I was a college student. You know, I'm 20 years old. I'm barely making it on my own, but I'm going to go and create an organization to, to serve others not really thinking about the money, not thinking about anything. And everything that we've done, we've been blessed to partner with so many people who have just taken care of every project that we've done that I realized, you know, if I would have waited for somebody to come and save my people and save my community, I'd be waiting forever. But I went on and said, listen, I'm a, I'm a first generation college student. I'm a young black male. I got to, I can use this clout that I have to my, 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 my leisure. And I'm actually create something. And I created change for myself. And your change may not be a nonprofit organization. Your change may be the, 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 the next big app. It may be a food invention. It may be something dope, but it's going to be something that's going to create change and, and stop looking for everybody else to, to do it. And you just do it. You never know what doors is, is going to open up. You know, one of my closest friends, um, he told me, he said, God opens doors and closes doors. So when you think you 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 you're gonna open a door or close a door in your life, and you may not know what's on the other side, you gotta take that chance. You know, one of the quotes that's going around now is, one, "It takes one risk taker to create generational wealth. It takes one of us to do it for all of us." And so, with that being said, you know, don't don't look for grandpa or grandma or somebody in your family to do it when you got the tools and the power, and you got millions of dollars at the, at the disposal of your hand with your phone. You go out and do it, and you never know what's gonna happen. So, you know, don't look for change; be the change. Billion dollar advice. Don't look for change, but be the change. Tweet that, quote that, but most importantly, apply that. And so last thing, man, I really appreciate your expertise. And just please let my listener know how can how can they connect with you? Yeah, for sure. Um, you guys can connect me on Instagram at Sebastian J. Sanders. Um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn at Sebastian Sanders. Um, I'm on Twitter as well as Sebastian James with two E's. So it's going to be J-A-M-E-E-S. Um, you can connect with me, uh, shoot me a DM, uh, shoot me an email. Um, you can book your 30 minute consultation. You know, we can we sit down and, and discuss some ways we can collaborate or I can be of support. You know, I'm always looking to extend my network and, you know, create some real good partnerships, you know, for, for the good of our business and our community. Um, so feel free to reach out. Um, it's, it's, an honor, you know, to be here to, to, you know, speak my lessons and, and to speak, you know, my, my story. So any ways that I can be of support, not only to, you know, you know, you, but to your listeners and, and our, our network and our community, you know, guys, please reach out. Most definitely. I'm going to leave those links in the show notes so you guys can connect with Sebastian. If you need just some positivity, some motivation, some inspiration, it starts right there. So Sebastian, AKA the youth principal, man, I just want to say personally, thank you so much for taking the time to join the to join the show and share these million dollar life lessons, man. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, man. Most definitely, bro. What an episode. What a conversation. But quick announcement. I am super excited about a bonus episode I have just for you this upcoming Friday. Yes. Good Friday. I've invited some friends and we are having church at Real People Real Talk as we will be preaching on the seven last sayings that Jesus uttered on the cross. You do not want to miss it. It's going to get churchy and we won't keep you long either. Each preacher has been given five minutes to preach. OK, so you will be inspired. You will be uplifted because this will be some good preaching as it will lift up the name of Jesus Christ. 
And thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard today, y'all know how we do it over here. Don't be stingy. Share this episode with a few friends today. You can text them the link. And if this is your first time here, hey, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening as well. And feel free to catch up on all the latest and dope episodes of Real People, Real Talk, as is my goal to provide conversations that inspire. Lastly, hey, I would love to connect with you on Instagram. I create content that make you laugh and make you think, um, edutainment, if you will. My handle is at Paul W. Calcote. I'll leave that link in the show notes. I have a unique last name. So, yeah, follow your boy. We are ending differently today. I'm going to sing you out with a song by my bro, Lil Byron. Just a snippet because I want you to click the link in the show notes and check out his music. But this song captures the spirit of this episode. And it's one that I literally have on repeat when i'm driving and working out but enjoy this and we will see you friday it's lil byron on this track oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god let's be right and never ever stop i'ma keep working till i reach the top making the miss so i can be the one you hear on the radio turn it up i'ma stay oh my grind gotta stay Oh my grind, I'ma stay. Oh my grind, gotta stay. Oh my grind, yeah, yeah.